WATV Radio seeks to inform and engage the Bride of Christ to stand up and take your place in the army and the kingdom. We recognize our battle is not with flesh and blood, but with the principalities and the powers of the air. We are a ministry of prayer, and we highlight what God is doing through other ministries and ministers across the globe. We provide a platform for ministers and a place for the bride to come together and rally around each other, hold up each other's arms, and pray for one another. WATB Radio celebrates the various missions that God has called each one of us to in this army. So we desire to promote and enhance the bride as a whole. Go bride! Our soon-coming king awaits. This is a WATB disclaimer. The views and opinions expressed in this show do not necessarily reflect the views of We Are the Bride Ministries, We Are the Bride Radio, or We Are the Bride Television. Thank you. Good afternoon, Bride. Good afternoon. I have been enjoying my Saturday. I've washed clothes. I've cleaned the majority of my house, not all of it. But, um really enjoy being back home and being in my house and getting everything put up and getting it all in order so I'm very thankful for that I'm out here enjoying my porch uh, very much so enjoying the weather and uh, I was out here reading the Bible and I was thinking I'm gonna go ahead and just talk to the bride about uh, the end of days I think we need to know this, Bride, because uh, for some reason, the church has quit teaching this. Uh, they think it's not important these days or something. And it is very important. It is very important, Bride, because we have to know the hour that we're living in. So we're going to talk about a few minutes about why it's important. I mean, what's wrong? Uh, we're going to a church that doesn't ever address this. Uh, well, we can look at it several ways. One is, uh, we have an emerging church. Uh, it's called the Emergent Church. You know, I talked about it a lot last year. Uh, the Emergent Church that's coming forth is teaching a New Age Jesus. And they're teaching this Jesus that's very nothing like the Bible. Uh, it's very tolerant, very, um, once saved, always saved type of deal. Um, you don't have battles with the devil. You know, in this new age Jesus, there's not a spiritual warfare. Uh, or if it is, like you don't have to ever worry about the battle because Jesus is already taking care of it over there. Um, it's hard to explain except that uh, there's no suffering in this uh, new Jesus that's being taught. There's no battle. There's no suffering. There's um, It's really just a false Jesus. I mean, that's all you can say about it. So what they're teaching is, 
they're teaching, well, there's either two ways that they're teaching. One is, uh, when Jesus came the first time, this is, when Jesus came the first time, that's when the Antichrist came. And so, we're just living in the thousand-year millennium right now. And we're just going to, we're going in our golden days. In other words, there's no uh, tribulation coming. There's no uh, Antichrist coming. There's no Mark of the Beast coming. There's no battle coming. No battle of Armageddon. Uh, basically, a utopia. They, they present it as we're living in a utopia and going on to glory days. Going on to a golden age. Okay, so that's amillennialism. Then you have the post and the pre. Now the post-millennialism is kind of like that, except uh, they believe like there's no um, no tribulation time, no seven years of tribulation, and you're just going to go in to the millennium. Something. Let me look this up, right? Hold on. I just want to make sure I'm not misleading you. Alright. Oh, here we go. Four views on the Millennium. Well, this is going to be interesting. It says here, when Christians discuss their millennial views, they are speaking of their interpretation of the much-debated passage in Revelation 20. Well, I don't know so much about the Revelation 20 interpretation. Uh, here we go. Dispensational premillennialists hold that Christ will come before a seven-year period of intense tribulation to take his church living and dead into heaven, which is what the majority of the church used to believe until they stopped teaching this. Uh, they believed there was going to be a pre-tribulation rapture, and then we have seven years of tribulation, and then you have the Antichrist that comes on the scene, and then you have uh, Jesus comes back for the Battle of Armageddon, and then you have the a thousand year millennial reign you know that's what that is okay after the thousand years Satan who is bound up during Christ's earthly reign will be loose to deceive the nations gather an army of the deceived and take up to battle against the Lord this battle will end in both the judgment of the wicked and Satan and the entrance into the eternal state of glory by the righteous this view is called premillennialism. Hmm. Because it takes place the return of Christ before the millennium, and it is called dispensational because it is founded on the doctrines of dispensation. 
In other words, they take it very literal. <laughs> Amen, Jessica. Now, you know the word rapture is not in the Bible, but it is it is interpreted uh, from Daniel 9, 24 uh, through 27 that talks about the great catching away, which we are going to read some scriptures today uh, to go over this. All right, let's see here. Historical premillennialists place the return of Christ just before the millennium and just after a time of great apostasy and tribulation. After the millennium, Satan will be loosed and Gog and Magog will rise against the kingdom of God. This will be immediately followed by the final judgment. While similar in some respects to the dispensational variety, in that they hold to Christ's return being previous to the establishment of a thousand year earthly reign. That's what I believe. I believe he will, uh, that all of the tribulation and everything is going to happen before uh, the millennial reign. I believe that's the next thing on the agenda is tribulation. All right, so let's see here. church is the fulfillment of Israel, kingdom of God present through the spirit since Pentecost to be experienced by sight during the millennium after Christ. Okay, so the two differences is one is pre-trib, which is uh, that Jesus comes back before tribulation starts, uh, which a lot of people believe Jesus is going to come back. They're not going to see any of the wrath, any of the tribulation, and that they will uh, basically not suffer. So they will uh, go before the tribulation and they will not see any of this. Okay, so some of the downsides to that theory is uh, many people over the years, like over the past 40 or 50 years, uh, have not fought because they have just assumed that he's going to come back at any time and so they're like why do why should I retire why should I plan anything uh, Jesus is going to come back you see what I mean uh, why should I prepare for anything and there's I'm not even going to look for the Antichrist because that's all that stuff is not even going to happen to after I leave Okay, also, the pre-tribulation rapture theory actually did not start to like the, either the 1400s or the 1600s. It's a late theology. Okay, so then, that's the pre-trib believers, which is the majority of the Protestant churches. Okay, then you have the mid-trib, uh, which is where I lean towards. Uh, the mid-trib says you are going to have to go through the first part. So every person will be tested before they go home. They will have to go through. Uh, they will have to deny or be martyred, deny the uh, mark of the beast. And uh, let's see, what else? Then, this theory is based upon Revelation 17, 18, 19, where it talks about the angel comes halfway through tribulation, and it's called the harvest sickle, and the angel swings the sickle and takes all of the bride home, 
And then it says in the next scripture that the bride is standing on the sea of glass. And then she is standing there with her king. It's a very sad but beautiful story. And then there is silence in heaven for 30 minutes. It's funny this would happen. Look. So there's silence in heaven 30 minutes uh, after they all come home. And it's because of the terror that's about to hit the earth. Because it talks about them saying, God, when are you going to get vengeance uh, for what the people have done to your people? And so after the 30 minutes of silence, then the wrath happens. And the wrath is going to be so bad. I did a whole Bible study on this, bride. I read all of the book of Revelations in a Bible study to y'all. Revelation. The thing that made me cry so much was uh, God, when he went in his temple, and this was at the time of the 30-minute uh, quiet, he goes in his temple, and he. the Bible says that he covers himself in his own glory, in the glory cloud, and he goes in and he says, I'm not coming out until it's done. So he does not even want to see what's going to be poured out upon the earth. That's how bad it's going to be, right? That is the wrath, is the second half. Uh, but at the end of that, Jesus comes back. And this is where all of those that question when he's coming, uh, they all agree on this point. Well, except for the ones that are post-trib, which is like uh, Mike Bickle's group. Uh, they believe in post-trib, which means you will have to go through all, all the tribulation. So at that time, Jesus comes back. This point is really undisputed right here. Jesus does come back uh, at the end of tribulation, but he comes back with his bride. The first time is a catching away. It's the bride coming to him. But the second time is him coming back with her. He comes back on the white horse. Uh, he has all of the bride. They will be with, with him, and they will be on their horses. And then is the battle, the battle of Armageddon. And it says, like, with his breath will be like fire. Um, so there will be a great battle before uh, the millennium starts, and then Jesus comes down, you know, the uh, temple comes down for the thousand year millennium and Jesus lights the whole city so the Satan is locked up during the millennium thousand years and then after that's over with he will be loose for a season now the Bible does not give us exact time that he will be loosed but it'll be a short time it says and then he'll be locked up forever okay so, let's review a few scriptures. Turn in your Bible to Matthew chapter 24. Now, we're going to go through this line by line. All right. Matthew 24. And Jesus went out. Of course, I use King James. Okay. And Jesus went out and departed from the temple, and his disciples came to him to show him the buildings of the temple. And Jesus said unto them, See ye not all these things? Verily I say unto you, There shall not be left here one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. 
And as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came unto him privately, saying, Tell us, when shall these things be? And what shall be the sign of your coming in the end of the world? And Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. And you shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you be not troubled. For all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation shall rise against nation. Which, by the way, bride, that means races. That's what it says here. For nation shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. And there shall be famines, and pestilences, and earthquakes in divers places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted, and shall kill you, and you shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. And then, now Brian, all this is going to happen before he comes. And then shall many be offended. Do we not see that today, Brad? Many people are offended and shall betray one another and shall hate one another. And many false prophets will rise and shall deceive many. And because iniquity shall abound, which means sin, the love of many will wax cold. But he that shall endure to the end, the same shall be saved. You mean we're going to have to endure? Yes. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations. And then, and then, the end shall come. When you therefore shall see, now bride, this is what gets you. You shall see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel, the prophet, Stand in the holy place. What? Us Christians are going to see the Antichrist. That is what the word says. You're going to see him standing in the holy place. You're going to see him in the temple. Whoso readeth, let him understand. Then let them which be in Judea flee into the mountains. Let him which is on the housetop not come down to take anything out of his house. Neither let him which is in the field return back to his clothes. And woe unto them that are with child and to them that give suck in those days. But pray ye that your flight be not in winter. Neither on the Sabbath day for then shall be great tribulation. Now, bride, that, you cannot get any plainer than that. It says we're going to go through all this, and then we're going to see the Antichrist, and then we're going into tribulation. Have we seen this yet? No. Have we seen the Antichrist step on the scene in the temple yet? No. But I submit to you that we're going to see it very soon. 
For then shall be great tribulation such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time, no, nor ever shall be. And except those days should be shortened, there should be no flesh be saved. Now this is how sad it's going to be, bride. But for the elect's sake, those days shall be shortened. <gasps> what? You mean the elect is going to go through the first part? Yes. We're reading Matthew 24. This is why I'm convinced, okay? It says, And except these days be shortened, there shall no flesh be saved. But for the elect's sake, those days shall be shortened. Then, if any man shall say unto you, Lo, here is Christ, or there, believe it not. For there shall arise false Christ and false prophets, and shall show great signs and wonders. This is why I've been telling you, bride, you can't believe signs and wonders. You can't put somebody on a pedestal just because you see that. Even the Antichrist, you'll learn as we study the scripture today, even the Antichrist will have signs and wonders. So we cannot uh, be fooled by that, okay? And so much that if it were very possible, the, they shall deceive the very elect. It says it again. Behold, I have told you before. Now, bride, this is still Jesus talking. Wherefore, if they shall say unto you, Behold, he's here. Behold, he's there. Behold, he is in the desert. Don't go there. Behold, he's in the secret chambers. Don't believe it. For as the lightning comes out of the east and shines even unto the west, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Whoa! Bam! Like, it's going to be evident when he comes, is what they're saying. For wheresoever the carcass is, there will the eagles be gathered together. Immediately after the tribulation of those days shall the sun be darkened, and the moon shall not give her light. And the stars shall fall from heaven, and the powers of the heavens shall be shaken. And then shall the appearance of the sun, then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven, and then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn. And they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds with power, clouds of heaven with power and great glory. That's why some people believe post trip, because of this right here. And he shall send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet, and they shall gather together his elect from the four winds, from one end of heaven to the other. So, that's why they believe that. Now learn a parable of the fig tree. When his branch is yet tender and puts forth leaves, you know that summer is nigh. Oh, bribe, we know summer is nigh. So likewise ye, when ye shall see all these things, know that it is near and even at the door. Verily I say unto you, this generation shall not pass till all these things be fulfilled. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. 
But of that day and hour knows no man, no, not even the angels of heaven, but my Father only. But as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day that Noah entered the ark, and knew not until the flood came, and took them all away, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Then shall two be in the field, one shall be taken and the other left. Two women shall be grinding at the mill, the one shall be taken and the other left. Watch therefore, for you know not what hour your Lord does come. But know this, that if the goodman of the house had known in what watch the thief would come, he would have watched and would not have suffered his house to be broken up. Now some of that, uh, you can see how the interpretation of the pre comes in. Because right here it talks about, you know, uh, like the old movies would say, you know, he's coming as a thief in the night. This is those kind of few scriptures right there kind of give that uh, insinuation that it would be pre-trib. However, when you consider the scriptures before, you know that it cannot be then type of deal. So in my interpretation, I believe that is part of the mid-trib, which goes along with Revelation 17, 18, 19 type of deal. But let's keep going. Therefore, be ye also ready. For in such an hour as ye think not, the Son of Man comes. Who then is a faithful and wise servant? whom his Lord has made ruler over his household, to give them meat in due season. Blessed is that servant whom his Lord, when he comes, shall find so doing. Verily I say unto you that he shall make him ruler over all his goods. But and if that evil servant shall say in his heart, My Lord delays his coming, and shall begin to smite his fellow servants, and to eat and drink with the drunken. The Lord of that servant shall come in a day when he looks not for him, and in an hour that he's not aware of, and shall cut him asunder, and appoint him his portion with the hypocrites. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Now that could also mean death as well. Then when you go on to chapter 25, look what it says. Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins which took their lamps and went forth to meet their bridegroom. Five of them were wise and five were foolish. They that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. What? Are you talking preparation time? That's what it sounds like, Brian. Five of them were wise. The ones that were wise were preparing and had their lamps full. The ones who were lackadaisical because they wasn't prepared, lost out, basically. Okay, so, but the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. Now, while the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight, there was a cry made, and behold, the bridegroom come. Go ye out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said unto the wise, Give us your oil, for our lamps are gone out. But the wise answered, Not so, 
lest there be not enough for us in you, but go buy, go to rather to them that sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and they that were ready went in with him to the marriage, and the door was shut. Now, when we consider Noah, when Noah went into the ark, did you know that God shut the door of the ark? Now, picture Noah in the ark. Noah is in safety. Noah had been warning everybody and warning everybody and telling them, God is about to destroy the earth. Nobody believed him. And he said, it's about to come a rain because there was not rain. But Noah was in the ark when God shut the door. Now, when the rain started falling and it started flooding, can you imagine Noah and his family sitting there listening to those people screaming as the end of times approached them and they was not ready and they did not believe him? And Noah and his family had to listen to them probably scratching on the ark, screaming, dying the torture. But they were protected in the ark because they listened to the word of the Lord. And that's what the Lord's going to do for us when we listen and we keep our lamps full. Amen. So afterward came also the other virgins. We are in Matthew 25, verse 11, King James Version. Saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Verily I say unto you, I know you not. But he answered and said, I, I know you not. Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man comes. For the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling into a far country, who called his own servants and delivered unto them his goods. And unto one he gave five talents, and to another two, and to another one, and to every man according to his several ability, and straightway took his journey. Then he that had received the five talents went and traded for the same. Basically, basically, okay, every person on the earth has a time limit. This is basically what this is saying. One person dies here, one person dies here, one person dies at this age, this age, this age, and this age. But what they did with their time is where they're held accountable to God. So basically, that's what that is saying. One had five talents, one had this. Okay, so let's move over to Mark. All right. Let's go to Mark, and I think it is chapter 11. Let me see here. Is it 11 or 12? Oh, here it is, 13. Okay, Mark chapter 13. You ready? Uh, okay, let's go down here in verse 5. Okay, and Jesus answered them, beginning to say, Take heed, lest any man deceives you. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ. Now, is that not what we heard in Matthew 24? That's the same thing we heard in Matthew 24, right? He said, this is Jesus telling his disciples, uh, saying, many are going to come to you in the last days, and they're going to say, I am the Christ. And they will deceive many. Now, remember, bride, I told you the other day, what, is, what does it mean to be deceived? It means it has to be this close to the truth. 
it means it has to look so real so close to the truth that they are deceived they have been lied they they bought a lie okay so now we're in verse 7 mark 13 verse 7 and when you shall hear of wars and rumors of wars be ye not troubled for such things must needs be but the end shall not be yet for nation shall rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom and there shall be earthquakes in divers places and there shall be famines and troubles those are the beginning of sorrows but take heed to yourself this sounds a lot like matthew 24 doesn't it for they shall deliver you up for councils and in the synagogues you shall be beaten and you shall be brought before rulers and kings for my sake for a testimony against them and the gospel must first be published among all nations but when they shall lead you and deliver you up take no thought beforehand what you shall speak neither do you premeditate but whatsoever shall be given to you in that hour that you will speak for it is not you that speaks but the holy ghost now the brother shall betray the brother to death and this is where when we get into these scriptures right here i just can't help but think how we you know with technology bride you know i'm a big one on technology i talked to you about drones and the chip and the rfid chip and ai and, and um all the different realities augmented reality mixed reality virtual reality i'm telling you bride with the cloning that's happening uh the way that they can manipulate video manipulate pictures when this time comes this is all escalating okay you will not be able to trust nothing when the bible says do not pick your brother your sister your mother your father your children or your spouse or any other person before god you're gonna have to know who you are and you're gonna have to know his voice and you're gonna have to know god because they may try to deceive you and i can hear some of you saying this woman is a conspiracy theorist you know i'm telling you brian through my research they may have somebody that walks up to you that looks just like somebody and it may not even be them it may be a um what do they call that you know the picture of them i can't think of what it's called but hologram i mean you just don't know bride you cannot you have to know the lord and you cannot pick any other person place or thing over god and this is where you have to love him more than anything else uh in this hour so i'm just telling you now the brother shall betray the brother to death and the father the son and the children shall rise up against their parents and shall cause them to be put to death it's sad to say bribe we're already seeing this and you shall be hated of all men for my name's sake but he that shall endure unto the end the same shall be saved endure Lame. they could easily post a message by you that renounces all you're saying i know Oh, I could tell you some possibilities. They can take over your social media. They can post fake pictures. They can post fake videos. You know, I posted that the other day how 
they can take this video and they can redo my mouth and my voice and make it look like it's me talking, but it will not be me. So, also we know in those days, which is coming up very soon, there will be false accusations, there will be slander to no end, there will be uh, trying to turn everybody against the people of God. And they will be using your own Facebook. Yes, we better be rooted and grounded in truth. Amen. And you shall be... Okay. And when you see the abomination of desolation... What? You mean all this is before the abomination of desolation? Yes. When you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet, standing where it ought not, let him that reads understands. Then let them that be in Judea flee to the mountains, and let him that's on the housetop not go down to the house, neither enter therein to take anything out of his house. And let him that is in the field not turn back again to take up his garment, but woe to them that are with child and to them that give suck in those days. And pray ye that your flight not be in winter. Let me tell you something. Uh, this global movement, which is the New World Order, one of their, I've been studying them a lot lately. One of the things that they are trying to do is get everybody out of the suburbs, everybody out of the country to move into the cities where everything's controlled by the smart grid. Did you know that? When you move into these apartments, which most of them are new now, when you move in, they're controlled by smart. Uh, they have cameras in there. The doors are controlled by uh, computers, you know. Uh, your phone controls everything, your lights, your locks. Uh, it's all smart, but basically where they can monitor you and watch you and listen to everything in the house and watch everything you're doing in there. So they're wanting to get people out so they can get them in the cities where they have all this uh, computers and it, or the where they're bringing in 5G, uh, where they can do all these electronic stuff. Listen. I'm not crazy, Brad. For one thing, uh, this 5G is going to bring to life billions of computer chips that are dormant across the world. Uh, because right now, we don't have enough power to power up all these computer chips. But when 5G is implemented fully in 2020, all these things will come to life. Uh, because it will be enough power to juice up all these things we will see AI like never before, artificial intelligence, uh, which is why when I did that program last night and I told you about the president making the announcement, I have told the uh, Department of Justice to start doing pre-crime, uh, basically where they're going to start doing data and information uh, gathering on people to determine who is the extremist, who is the dangerous ones. Well. Brian, who do you think it is? Uh, when uh, Janet Napolitano defined what a homegrown terrorist is, remember? Who do you think that was? It was us. It was the Christians. And so, uh, I'm just saying that we need to be wise, Brian. Okay, so let's continue here. In those days, in verse 19, shall be... For in those days shall be affliction, such as not was from the beginning of the creation 
which God created until this time and neither shall be. And except, <coughs> excuse me, in verse 20, and except that the Lord had shortened these days, no flesh shall be saved. But for the elect's sake, whom he has chosen, come on, he's chosen as bride, he has shortened the days. And if then any man shall say to you, Lo, here's Christ. And then he goes into talking about the false Christ. The false Christ and whatnot. Okay, now. Hold on here. Turn over to John. Okay, I just want to say this because I want you to be reminded of who you are in Christ. Uh, this is his disciples talking to him before he was going to be crucified. And listen to what Jesus said then. Remember, Jesus says, I was persecuted and so will you be. And yes, bride, even in this hour. We're going to be persecuted. So he says, And Jesus answered them, saying, The hour is come that the Son of Man should be glorified. How can he be glorified when he is about to go through a bunch of suffering and die for us? Uh, you'll see. Verily, verily, I say unto you, Except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abides alone. But if it dies, it brings forth much fruit. He that loves his life shall lose it. This is going to be the key to us, Brad. He who loves his life shall lose it, and he that hates his life in this world shall keep it into life eternal. If any man serves me, let him follow me, and where I am, there shall also my servant be. And if any man serves me, him will my Father honor. So we can't put our life ahead of him. Okay, so now let's go in the book of Revelation. Let's go over to chapter 13. We're going to kind of skip through Revelation through a few chapters, but let's go to Revelation 13 where it talks about the uh, mark of the beast. All right. And I stood upon the sand of the sea and saw a beast rise up out of the sea having seven heads and ten horns and upon his horns ten crowns and upon his heads the name of blasphemy and the beast which I saw was like unto a leopard and his feet were as the feet of a bear and his mouth as the mouth of a lion and the dragon gave him his power and his seat and great authority. And I saw one of his heads as it were wounded to death, and his deadly wound was healed, and all the world wondered after the beast. Now what do you think that is, bride? This is the Antichrist. This is what we are about to see step into the light. And there was given, oh, okay, here we go. 
and they worshiped the dragon which gave power unto the beast and they worshiped the beast saying who is like unto the beast who is able to make war with him and there were given unto him a mouth speaking great things and blasphemies this is the antichrist is going to speak all these blasphemies and power was given unto him to continue forty and two months. And he opened his mouth and blasphemy against God to blaspheme his name and his tabernacle and them that dwell in heaven. And it was given unto him to make war with the saints. What? You mean there is saints? Yes. What do you think that forty-two months is? Three and a half years making war with the saints there is saints during the first half this is my interpretation of it okay okay and to overcome them and power was given him over all kindreds tongues and nations and all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him whose names are not written in the book of life of the lamb slain from the foundation of the world now, Brian, can you picture what this is going to be like? I mean, think about it. How bad this is really going to be because uh, they are going to worship the Antichrist like we have never seen. They are going to be loyal is not the word for it. These are people that are going to feel like he's their savior. He is going to just mesmerize them. And so... Uh, it'll be the whole world against you. Can you believe? I mean, really, just picture how bad that's going to be. And if any man has an ear, let him hear. He that leads into captivity shall go into captivity. He that kills with the sword must be killed with the sword. Here is the patience and the faith of the saints. In other words, God is telling you, get ready, bribe for martyrdom. And I beheld another beast coming up out of the earth, and he had two horns like a lamb, and he spoke as a dragon. And he exercised all the power of the first beast before him, and caused the earth and them which dwell therein to worship the first beast, whose deadly wound was healed. So in other words, there's a triune being here. You have the first one that paves the way for the beast. And then you have the second one that comes in and kind of takes over at the end of the first uh, half of tribulation. And he does great wonders so that he makes fire come down from heaven. Here's the miracle signs and wonders. On the earth in the sight of men. And deceives them that dwells on the earth. What does it mean, bride, to be deceived? It means it's that close to looking like the truth. By the means of those miracles which he has power to do in the sight of the beast. Saying to them that dwell on the earth that they should make an image of the beast. Which he has, which had the wound by a sword and did live. And he had power to give life unto the image of the beast. Which a lot of people believe that is virtual reality. Uh, giving life to where everybody will have it, those glasses, which had the wound by the sword and did live. And he had power to give life into the image of the beast, that the image of the beast should both speak and cause that as many would not worship the image of the beast shall be killed. 
one interesting movie to watch that has a good visualization of it is called uh, I want to say it's called Revelation. I think that's what it is. And it's about where they have these virtual reality glasses and the beast talks to every one of them on their personal level. He knows everything about them. So he will tell you what your worst fears are. He knows how to get you to take the mark. And he has you alone with nobody else around. And he, he, he does tricks uh, to where he makes you think that your family's with him and all this other stuff. Anything to get you to take that. And then you take it right there. Uh, it's a pretty good movie. You'll have to see it. And deceives them that dwells on the earth by the means of those miracles which he had power to do in the sight of the beast, saying to them that dwell on the earth that they should make an image to the beast which had the wound by a sword and did live. And he had power to give life. Okay, so here we go. And he causes all. Now this is where we come to. He causes all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand or on their forehead, and that no man might buy or sell, or the name, save that he has the mark, or the name of the beast, or the number of his name. Here is wisdom. Let him that has understanding count the number of the beast. For it is the number of a man, and his number is six hundred three score and six. So that's where the six 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 comes in. Scroll over to Revelation chapter 18. Bride, are you still with me? Y'all let me know what uh, city and state you're from and let me know you're still with me. Okay. Let's go to chapter 17. And there came one of the seven angels, had the seven vows, and talked with him, saying, Come here, I will show you show unto thee the judgment of the great whore that sits upon many waters, with whom the kings of the earth have committed fornication, and the inhabitants of the earth have been made drunk with the wine of her fornication. Let me tell you what I really, really believe that is, Brad. I believe that is the Catholic Church. I believe that because uh, of the Vatican being arrayed in purple, and the uh, wine of our fornication is the ecumenical movement, uh, getting all these different religions to partner together with them as one. That is the one world religion that's already happening right now. But what they have done, Bride, when they join this movement is they have drunk the wine of their fornication. So he carried me away in the spirit into the wilderness and I saw a woman sitting upon a scarlet colored beast full of names of blasphemy having seven heads and ten horns and the woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet color and decked with gold and precious stones and pearls having a golden cup in her hand full of abominations and filthiness of her fornication 
and upon her forehead was the name written, Mystery Babylon, the great mother of harlots and the abominations of the earth. All right, so I got Texas and Tennessee, all right. And I saw the woman drunken with the blood of the saints and with the blood of the martyrs of Jesus, which means that they're behind the martyrdom. And when I saw her, I wondered with great admiration. And the angel said unto me, Wherefore did thou marvel? I will tell you the mystery of the woman and of the beast that carried her, which has the seven heads and ten horns. The beast that thou sawest was and is not, and shall ascend out of the bottomless pit, and go into perdition. And they that dwell on the earth shall wonder, whose names were not written in the book of life from the foundation of the world, when they behold the beast that was, and is not, and yet is. Isn't this sad, bride? And here is the mind which has wisdom. The seven heads are seven mountains. Isn't that funny? on which the woman sits. Apparently around the Vatican is seven mountains. And there are seven kings, five are fallen, and one is, and the other is not yet come. And when he comes, he must continue a short space. And the beast that was and is not, even he is the eighth, and is of the seven, and goes into perdition. And the ten horns which thou sawest are ten kings, which has received no kingdom as yet, but received power as kings one hour with the beast. Isn't that something? These have one mind and shall give their power and strength unto the beast. These shall make war with the lamb. Wow, how bold is this bride to make war with Jesus? But that's what they do. These shall make war with the Lamb, and the Lamb shall overcome them. For he is Lord of lords and King of kings, and they that are with him are called and chosen and faithful. Is that you, bride? Are you called, are you chosen, and are you faithful? That, that's the question of the hour. And he said unto me, these waters which thou sawest, where the whore sits, are people, multitudes, and nations and tongues. And I wrote on here, this is inclusive, the ecumenical movement. That's what that is, Brad. Because this is where the whore sits with all peoples, multitudes, nations, and tongues. And the ten horns which thou sawest upon the beast, these shall hate the whore and shall make her desolate and naked and shall eat her flesh and burn her with fire gross for god has put in their hearts to fulfill his will and to agree and give their kingdom unto the beast until the words of god shall be fulfilled wow and the woman which thou sawest is that great city which reigneth over the kings of the earth which is still i believe the vatican but isn't that funny that the Vatican, you know, this is my theory, that if it becomes that it's the great whore, that in the end, which is halfway through tribulation, the beast turns on it. Isn't that funny? It's like, I gave you all my life, and then it turns on you and devours you and eats you up. That's basically what it's saying. All right, here's chapter 18. 
And after these things, I saw another angel come down from heaven, having great power. And the earth was lighted with his glory. Wow. And he cried mightily with a strong voice, saying, Babylon the great has fallen, is fallen, and is become the habitation of devils, and the hold of every foul spirit, and a cage of every unclean and hateful bird. And I thought about that movie, Angry Birds. Right, if you've ever seen Angry Birds, you have got to admit, that does look like America right now. It's like these birds, they, they get so angry. It's like they just go, and they just blow up, you know. But that's what I think of when I see this hateful bird, angry birds. For all nations have drunk of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. And the kings of the earth have committed fornication with her, which could be the Vatican too. And the merchants of the earth are waxed rich through the abundance of her delicacies. Which means they have, that this whore has promised them great wealth and, and promised them all these things. And I heard another voice from heaven saying, Come out of her, my people! Do we not hear God saying that to us today? Yes. Come out from among the beast, my bride. That you be not partaker of her sins. And that you not receive of her plagues. Please. Bam. Drop the mic. Come on now. This is what the Holy Ghost is saying right now come out from among them so that you do not receive the plagues of what's about to hit them. The judgment of the Lord. If you're attached to a rotten vine, I know, listen Brian, I know y'all hear me saying this all the time and you're probably wondering, why does this woman say this? I'm telling you, if you are attached to a rotten vine, whatever vine that is that you're attached to, you're going to receive the same that they're receiving. It could be a good receiving, or it could be a bad receiving. You got to be careful. What vine are you hooked up to right now? I love my lemon water. Because it's saying right here, come out bride. You're gonna get what they're gonna get, come out. And receive not of her plagues, for her sins have reached into heaven. This is sad, Brad. Her sins have reached into heaven, and God has remembered her iniquities. Reward her even as she rewarded you, and double unto her double. Oh, this is so sad, Brad. Double, I mean, I just have the fear of God just thinking about this. Ugh double unto her double according to her works in the cup which she has filled filled to her double bride let me just let me spell it out for you the ones that have all right let's say a shepherd that's in there a shepherd that is a false prophet and let's say the false prophet used to be good because they knew the truth but they left because of comfort or 
they wanted to be involved in this movement and be involved in the worldly system and wanted all the fame and power and, and just left their total calling. But in the meantime of them seeking after this power and the fornication with this beast, okay, they have brought millions of people with them. This is what's sad, Brad. I'm just, I mean, I'm not naming a person. I'm just saying. They brought millions of people with them over to this fornication. And they caused all these people to worship this new fake Jesus. When the judgment comes, they will receive double of the double of what they have caused. That's, that's exactly what that means. Double unto your double. Those that torture Christians, double unto your double. That's what they're saying here. And then it says, double unto her double according to her works in the cup she has filled. Which means by her choices, it will be filled to her double. How much she has glorified herself and lived deliciously. So much torment and sorrow give her. It's going to be a sad day, brother. For she said in her heart, I sit as a queen. And I am no widow and shall see no sorrow. Therefore shall her plagues come in one day. Death and mourning and famine. And she shall be utterly burned with fire, for strong is the Lord who judges her. Another way you can look at this is back up. Let's not even say a preacher. Let's go back to the Vatican. You know, they believe in the Queen of Heaven. This could be literally that scripture. And the Queen of Heaven. Look what it says right here. I sit as a queen. I am no widow. Nothing's wrong with me. And I shall see no sorrow. I'm perfect. Pride. And the kings of the earth who have committed fornication and lived deliciously with her shall bewail her. <gasps> no, it can't be. They shall bewail her and lament for her when they shall see the smoke of her burning. Now, some people believe that's America. Okay, we considered the Catholics, we considered the Vatican in that scenario. Now let's consider America. Well, if you look at America, it does kind of make sense because we went over to these foreign countries and tried to get them to go along with the LGBT agenda and said, we're not going to give you money. Remember Obama did that? We're not going to go along. We're not going to give you any money unless you go along with this agenda. And then some of the countries told them, no, you can keep your money. I ain't doing it. So we have caused these foreign countries to go along with our false agenda and cause them to fornicate against God. So, there are some that believe that it could very much be the United States. Because of the way, too, that we have helped people financially and we have done all this. Okay, so, in the kings of those who have committed fornication and lived deliciously with her, shall bewail her and lament for her when they shall see the smoke of her burning. Standing afar off for the fear of her torment, saying, Alas, alas, that great city Babylon, that mighty city, for in one hour is your judgment come. 
basically the judgment be really fast at that time the merchants of gold and silver and precious stones and of pearls and fine linen and purple and silk and scarlet and all fine wood and all manner vessels of ivory and all manner vessels of most precious wood and of brass and of iron and marble and cinnamon and odors and ointments and frankincense and wine and oil and fine flour and wheat and beasts and sheep and horses and chariots and slaves and souls of men. And the fruits that thy soul lusted after are departed from thee. Basically, your wealth that you depended on, your riches, your uh, material things that you strived for will be gone. You know, I had, I'm going to stop right here and tell you, my friend had a dream the other day. And she said that uh, the judgment of God had fallen and the people did not even realize it. And then when they realized it, uh, they wasn't ready for it. Was it the judgment or a flood came or something? Oh, that's what it was. Not the judgment, but a flood. A flood was coming and some were ready and prepared for it, but the other ones were not. And she said it was so sad because in the dream, all they worried about was their material things. They didn't worry about their family. They didn't worry about uh, trying to be smart in those few moments and getting just a little bit of water and leaving. They were so worried. She said they were dragging their couches out and dragging all this, just all their material things. They were so, she says she could tell in the dream they were just so ate up with their material things that they couldn't even think in an emergency. So that's kind of like this scenario here. And then, bride, look, we're on verse number four. We're in Revelation 18. Oh, wait a minute. Okay, verse 15, I'm sorry. The merchants of these things which were made rich by her shall stand afar off for the fear of her torment, weeping and wailing, and saying, Alas, alas, that great city that was clothed in fine linen and purple and scarlet and decked with gold and precious stones and pearls. I've got written Catholic Church. For in one hour so great riches has come to naught and every shipmaster and all the company and ships and sailors and as many as trade by sea stood afar off and cried when they saw the smoke of her burning saying, What city is like unto this great city? And they cast dust on their heads and cried, weeping and wailing, saying, Alas, alas, that great city, wherein were made rich all the ships in the sea by reason of her costliness. For in one hour is she made desolate. Rejoice over her, thy heaven, and you holy apostles and prophets, for God has avenged you on her. And a mighty angel took up a stone like a great millstone and cast it into the sea, saying, Thus with violence shall that great city Babylon be thrown down and shall be found no more at all. Let me pause right here, bride, and say this. See, this is the difference between the sheep and the goats. See, the sheep are the ones that plan. The sheep are the ones that are uh, Christians that understand that we are in a very temporary world and we plan for the future. We understand that we live in an eternity already. We're in eternity. All these things are going to fade away. 
All the earthly world is going to pass away. We live for eternity. Now, the goats are opposite of that. See, the Christians feed off of the tree of life because we know that one day we're going to grab that tree. And if we cross over from here to there, we're still alive. You know, like there's, there's no end to our existence, okay? But to the sinner, okay, they are goats because goats are rebellious. So what they do is they feed on the temporary. I want to enjoy myself now. So they live for the now. It's a selfish, I want, I want, gimme, gimme, gimme. It's all about self, and they feed off the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. See, that is the difference. That is what we're seeing right here. Okay, so. Alright. Okay, so verse 22. And the voice of harpers and musicians and of pipers and trumpeteers shall be heard no more at all in thee. Now that is sad, isn't it? Which means no more joy. And no craftsman of whatsoever craft he be shall be found any more in thee. And the sound of a millstone shall be heard no more at all in thee. And the light of a candle shall shine no more at all in thee. And the voice of the bridegroom and of the bride shall be heard no more at all in thee. For thy merchants were the great men of the earth, for by the sorceries were all nations deceived. Isn't that sad? By their uh, divination, misleading people. And in her was found the blood of prophets and of saints. And of all that were slain upon the earth. Remember, we read earlier in the scripture where it says that it was bloodthirsty after the saints. Which means, bride, the saints are still here. Alright, now let's go on to chapter 19. This is the part where I tell you about the mid-trip. And after these things. Now, what have we seen so far? Matthew, Mark, John, uh, I can't remember if we read Luke, but now Revelation, where it says you are going to see the abomination of desolation. You're going to see the Antichrist step on the scene. And that's what it is saying right here. We just read it in these scriptures. And then the mark of the beast. There will be the choice of the mark of the beast. There will be the great attack against Christians. The great martyrdom that will happen. And the angel that comes, the angel will get revenge upon the ones that have done that to God's bride. Okay, now look at this in chapter 19. And after these things... I heard a great voice of most people in heaven saying, Hallelujah! Salvation and glory and honor and power unto the Lord our God. For true and righteous are his judgments. For he has judged the great poor. You mean to tell me that heaven is rejoicing over judgment? Why, bride? Because God is holy. This is what I'm trying to tell you about the difference between social justice and God's justice. There is a difference. Social justice is the worldly answer to justice. 
God's justice is holy justice, justice, righteous justice. It says no. God's justice has boundaries. This is the difference. So they're up there yelling and, and worshiping God because his justice is about to take place. For he has judged the great whore which did corrupt the earth. Now see, when you really care about the Lord and you care about his agenda, you understand that all this that's happening is vomit in his mouth. It's a stench in his nostrils. And the Bible says that we're to love what he loves and hate what he hates. We are his uh, ambassadors, bride. We're, we're his. If people cannot see him in us, if they cannot see us react the way God reacts, instead of just approving of everything, knowing that God does not, that's not an example. So let's go, let's go back to the heavenly scene. So... They're uh, in this great worship right now, and they're saying, For he has judged the great whore, which did corrupt the earth with her fornication. Remember, Brian, I was telling you how God wants us to be honest with him. He wants us to spell it out. Like last year in 2018, when God told me to do the 40 days of uh, repentance of the judgments, pulling down, not judgments, but repentance of the idols. He wanted us to be honest with him, telling him what we've done in this nation and what we've done in the church. And is that not what they are doing in heaven? Because I, I can hear some of you saying, well, why are they even having to tell God this when he knows this already? Because God wants to have a conversation. He wants to know that you see what you have done. This is why, Brian, being up here in D.C., I've repented so much. When I see what they're doing, I repent to him. I'm like, God, forgive them for cussing your name. Forgive them, Lord, for doing this and partnering with the devil. I repent. Why? Because God is watching. God is holy. And he already knows it, but he wants to know, do you know it? So let's continue here. For he has judged the great horror, which did corrupt the earth with her fornication. They're spelling it out to God. And has avenged the blood of his servants at her hand. And again they said, that's what it says right here in verse 3. And again they said, Hallelujah! And her smoke rose up forever and ever. And the four and twenty elders and the four beasts fell down. Ooh, I got the chills. <laughs> and the four and twenty elders and the four beasts fell down and worshiped God. Bride, can you just picture? I feel like I'm in heaven right now seeing this scenario. Can you imagine what this is going to be like? They fell down and worshiped God that sat on the throne saying, Amen. 
Hallelujah. And they're on their face. These are the elders of God. The elders are on their face, bride. Whew. My goodness. And a voice came out of the throne saying, Now picture this, bride. Whew. Praise our God, all you his servants, and you that fear him, both small and great. And I heard, as it were, the voice of a great multitude, and the voice of many waters, and as the voice of mighty thunderings, saying, Hallelujah! For the Lord God omnipotent reigneth. Can you imagine, bride, the great worship service that is happening in heaven at this moment? I mean, like, these people have got the attention of the throne of God. Whew! It doesn't stop there, bride. Look at this. We're in verse 7, chapter 19 of Revelation. Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him for the marriage of the Lamb is come and his wife has made herself ready. Who do y'all, bride, let me just ask you, who do you think this bride is? Who? Think about what's happening up there right now. This is a a worship service happening in heaven like crazy. Who is this bride? She's made herself ready. And to her was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen clean and white for the fine linen is the righteousness of the saints isn't this beautiful breath and he said unto me this is john right blessed are they which are called unto the marriage supper of the lamb and he said unto me these are the true sayings of God. And I fell at his feet to worship him. And he said unto me, see that you don't do that. I am your fellow servant. This is the angel talking. I'm your fellow servant and of your brethren that has the testimony of Jesus. Worship God. For the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. And I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse. Here we go, bride. A white horse, and he that sat upon him was called Faithful and True. And in righteousness he does judge and make war. His eyes were as a flame of fire. And on his head were many crowns, and he had a name written that no man knew but he himself. And he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood. 
and his name is called the Word of God. And the armies which were in heaven followed him on white horses. Are you ready to be on your white horse, bride? Clothed in fine linen, white and clean. Who do you think that is, bride? And out of his mouth goes a sharp sword. And with it he should smite the nations. And he shall rule them with a rod of iron. And he treads the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. And he has on his vesture and on his thigh a name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. And I saw an angel standing in the sun. And he cried with a loud voice, saying to all the fowls, the birds, that fly in the midst of heaven, Come and gather yourself together unto the supper of the great God, that you may eat the flesh of kings, and the flesh of captains, and the flesh of mighty men, and the flesh of horses, and of them that sit on them, and the flesh of all men, both free and bond, both small and great. And I saw the beast and the kings of the earth and their armies gathered together to make war against him that sat on the horse and against his army. And the beast was taken and with him the false prophet that wrought miracles before him with which he deceived them that had received the mark of the beast and them that worshipped his image. In other words, God's getting his justice. These both were cast alive into a lake of fire burning with brimstone. And the remnant were slain with the sword of him that sat upon the horse, which sword proceeded out of his mouth, and all the fowls were filled with their flesh, which meant the ones that were left were devoured. Well, this is, the, hey, this is a part about the millennium. So this is the battle of Armageddon we just saw. Look at this. And I saw an angel come down from heaven, having the key of the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. And he laid hold upon the dragon, that old serpent, and which is the devil, and Satan, and bound him a thousand years. Here we go with a thousand year millennium. Now see that amillennialism, which a lot of these churches are teaching now, teach that that happened back in Jesus' day. Can you believe that? You tell me that you think the devil is bound up right now. Please. No wonder they're not casting out demons or even people getting saved in this time. What the world? All right, so let's keep going. And cast him in the bottomless pit and shut him up and set a seal upon him that he should deceive the nations no more till the thousand years shall be fulfilled. And after that, he will be loosed a little season. See, that's what I was telling you. And I saw thrones and they that sat upon them and judgment was given unto them. And I saw the souls of them that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus and for the word of God and which had not worshipped the beast, neither his image. See right there, uh, that guy that was saying that about uh, on this prayer call that uh, he believed that we're about to go into the millennium. It would be, he used 
Revelation 20 is the basis. Well, right here just proves that all them other chapters were correct. That he is going to see, because it says right here. Um, and I saw thrones, and they that sat upon them, and judgment was given to them. And I saw the souls of them that were beheaded. Okay, where, I mean, if that's the case, and all of this happened back in Jesus' day, who was beheaded? Those of them that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus. See, back then, Jesus died, so John the Baptist was the only one that we know of that was beheaded. And for the word of God, which had not worshipped, and which had not worshipped the beast, neither his image, neither had received his mark upon their foreheads or in their hands, which that has never happened. This is all coming on the scene now. Which I theorize is the chip, the human implantation chip, because they're wanting to make everybody man to machine. So they're wanting to turn you human into a machine where they can put a chip in you and then they can read all of your insides and everything else. But anyway. And they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years. So these people that believe we're living in the millennium right now, we're not reigning with Christ. He's not here. But in the millennium, he will be here. But the rest of the dead lived not again until the thousand years were finished. This is the first resurrection. Blessed and holy is he that has part in the first resurrection. On such the second death has no power, but they shall be priests of God and of Christ, and shall reign with him a thousand years. And when the thousand years are expired, Satan shall be loosed out of his prison, and shall go out to deceive the nations which are in the four corners of the earth, quarters of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them together to battle the number of whom is the sand of the sea. And they went up on the breadth of the earth and compassed the camp of the saints about and the beloved city. And fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them. And the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire. This is the final part. Was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. And I saw a great white throne, and him that sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were opened. Now, Brian, this is going to be something. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and the death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them, and they were judged. So in other words, after the thousand-year millennial reign, Satan is loose for a while, then he's thrown away for good, and then's the final judgment. So, and they were judged, every man according to their works. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Isn't that sad, bro? Isn't that sad? Where is that one chapter? I must have got by to it.
I should have started at 15. That's what it is. Or chapter 13. Bruh, can you believe this? No, I skipped a chapter. I sure did. I'm sorry, Bride. I skipped chapter 15. Okay, let's go back to chapter 15. And I saw another sign in heaven, great and marvelous. Well, wait a minute. Let me recap what was happening before. Before, in the previous chapter, is where the Babylon is falling, the great city. Remember that chapter? Uh... No, oh my goodness, it's chapter 14. Bride, I skipped chapter 14. At the previous chapter is the one about the mark of the beast, the 666. So let's go to uh, chapter 14. I knew I was missing something. And I looked and lo, a lamb stood on the Mount Zion, and with him 144,000. This is where I left off, forgot having his father's name written in their foreheads. Now, isn't that something? 144,000. These are virgin boys. And they have uh, God's name written on their foreheads. And I heard a voice from heaven as the voice of many waters and as the voice of a great thunder. And I heard the voice of harpers harping with their harps. And they sung as it were a new song before the throne and before the four beasts and the elders. And no man could learn that song, but the 144,000 which were redeemed from the earth. These are they which were not defiled with women, virgins, for they are virgins. They are. These are they which follow the Lamb wherever he goes. These will be redeemed from among men, being the first fruits unto God and to the Lamb all. And in their mouth was found no guile, for they are without fault before the throne of God. And I saw another angel fly in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to preach unto them that dwell on the earth and to every nation, kindred, and tongue, and people, saying with a loud voice, Fear God, and give glory to him, for the hour of his judgment has come. And worship him that has made heaven and earth and sea and foundations of waters. And there followed another angel saying, Babylon is fallen, it's fallen, that great city, because she made all nations drink of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. And the third angel followed them saying with a loud voice, If any man worships the beast in his image and receives his mark in his forehead or in his hand, the same shall drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out with mixture into the cup of his indignation, and he shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. Now, Brad, what he's saying is, is that if you take the mark of the beast, you will not only be tormented, but forever. And that's what this angel is saying. Isn't that something? Okay, here is the patience of the saints, and here are they that keep the commandment of God and the faith of Jesus. And I heard a voice from heaven saying unto me, Right, 
Blessed are the dead which die in the Lord from henceforth. Yea, saith the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors and their works do follow them. And I looked, and behold, a white cloud, and upon the cloud one set like unto the Son of Man, having on his head a golden crown, and in his hand a sharp sickle. And another angel came out of the temple. Remember, bride, there is a temple in heaven. Another angel come out of the temple, crying with a loud voice to him that sat on the cloud, Thrust in thy sickle and reap, for the time has come for thee to reap, for the harvest of the earth is ripe. And he that sat on the cloud thrust his sickle in the earth. Imagine what this is like, right? He thrust that sickle and went bam across the earth. And he that sat on the cloud thrust his sickle on the earth, and the earth was reaped. And another angel came out of the temple, which is in heaven, he also having a sharp sickle. And another angel came from out of the altar, which had power over fire, and cried with a loud cry to him that had the sharp sickle, saying, Thrust in thy sharp sickle, and gather the clusters of the vine of the earth, for her grapes are fully ripe. And the angel thrust in his sickle in the earth, and gathered the vine of the earth. Who do you think that is? And cast it into the great winepress of the wine of the wrath of God. And the winepress was trodden without the city. And blood came out of the winepress, even into the horse's bridles, by the space of 1,600 furlongs. See, the first angel, that was the angel swinging the sickle of the harvest, that is the one angel that brought the children of God home. The second angel was the wrath angel. Now listen to this in chapter 15. And I saw another sign in heaven, great and marvelous, seven angels having the seven last plagues, for in them is filled up the wrath of God. And I saw as it were a sea of glass mingled with fire. And them that had gotten the victory over the beast and over his image and over his mark. You mean the church is going to have victory over the beast and over the mark? According to the word of God. Yes. Them that had gotten the victory over the beast and over his image and over his mark and over the number of his name stands on the sea of glass having the harps of God. Bride, are you ready to play your harp? And they sing the song of Moses, the servant of God, and the song of the Lamb saying, Great and marvelous are thy words lord god almighty i don't know what the song would be just and true are your ways thou king of saints who shall not fear thee O lord and glorify your name for you only are holy for all nations shall come and worship before thee i'm off team for thy judgments are made manifest and after that i looked and behold the temple of god now look at this bride 
This is talking about that same angel that brought them home. Now they're standing on the sea of glass. And then that angel turns around and looks and see what he saw, bride. Look at this. And after that I looked and behold, the temple of the tabernacle of the testimony in heaven was opened. And the seven angels came out of the temple having the seven plagues clothed in pure and white linen and having their breasts girded with golden girdles. And one of the four beasts gave unto the seven angels seven golden vows. In other words, they have brought the bride home and now they're getting ready to go back to the earth and pour out this wrath. That's what this saying right here. Who lived forever and ever. And the temple, this is what I was telling you earlier, listen. And the temple was filled with smoke from the glory of God and from his power. And no man was able to enter into that temple till the seven plagues and the seven angels were fulfilled. Bam! That right there is what I'm saying. First half of tribulation is the testing. That is the purging. That is the final uh, testing of the saints. The final, final who is going to uh, love me to the death, basically. Then, when the angel comes halfway through, when the beast has rejected uh, the gray whore, okay, and they have this falling out, it's uh, all this happens at the same time. Then... The angel comes and swings that harvest sickle. We come home, standing on the sea of glass, and then we are there with harps, and we're singing the song of Moses and the children of Israel singing. Isn't that something? The same song. Because God delivered us like he delivered Moses and the children of Israel. Okay, so God goes in the angel and says, goes in the temple and says, I'm not coming out until this thing's done. And then he says in chapter 16, and I heard a great voice out of the temple saying to the seven angels, go, go your ways and pour out the vows of the wrath of God upon the earth. And the first went out and poured out his vow upon the earth and there fell a noisome and grievous sore upon the men which had the mark of the beast. So he goes into all the vows. But basically, Brian, this should uh, help you to understand it a little bit more. Um... I want to read you a statement out of this book that I studied called Faith Undone. Uh, this is by Roger Oakland. He talks about uh, the emerging church in here. And this is the uh, church that is teaching. They quit teaching eschatology and they're basically this seeker-friendly movement. Uh, this is what he says, and I want you to hear this. These changes discussed in this book are going to produce not just a whole new world, but a whole new Christianity. 
traditional Christian attitudes towards those who take the Bible literally, which is us, the fundamentalist, uh, toward the Catholic Church and other religions, towards sexuality, towards biblical eschatology, study of the last days, and toward Israel and the role this tiny nation plays in God's sovereign plan, all are being redefined through the emerging church. So I hope that today's broadcast, uh, I hope that this has helped you to see uh, you know about how important and why it's important for us to know about eschatology is because we have to prepare our families and we have to know uh, that we will not give in to the beast. We will not become a part of the beast. And I just want to spend these last few minutes in telling you about the chip. You know, I've written a book on this, so I'm a little bit of an expert on this area because of all my research. Listen, uh, as far as the chip goes, it's a RFID, Radio Frequency Identification Device. It's as the, it's as the grain of salt. I mean, a grain of rice. So what they'll do is they'll put it under your skin and then it embeds with your tissue and it becomes one with you. So right before I published the book, the Lord told me, do you know why that's the mark of the beast? I'm like, why? And he said, because uh, this is the system of the world, okay? This is the antichrist system that is going to tell people, you're gonna have to take this to become a part of us to become a part of the circle, to become a part of the community. You have to quit being an individual and quit thinking for yourself. You're gonna have to start considering the common good and consider the universe as a whole because listen, the kind of Jesus that you have been taught when you was a kid, it's a little bit too radical and you should not be, this is what they're gonna be telling you. You should not believe that way because that Jesus is just, it's just too divisional. It's just uh, too controversial. It's too radical. Uh, they just took it a little too literal. Uh, they were uneducated people. They didn't know what they was talking about. The real Jesus is a very tolerating Jesus. And we're all in the body of Christ. So in order for you to be a part of the universal body, which is the Catholic Church, the universal body, you need to take the chip so that we can all be one big community. We can define who you are, and this way you'll become a part of the body. This is how we're gonna know who's with us and who's not. So if you don't, then you're just rebellious and we're gonna have to get rid of you. So when you take the chip, uh, they're gonna be able to monitor you, track you. I mean, just like with anything else that they do uh, when they give them a chip. Think about it, it's common sense. Uh, some chips release medicine, so they can release poison in you. They can release medicines. They can calm you down with this certain type of medicine. Some of them will be able to control your brain. I mean, like this chip is very serious. So the Lord told me, he said, the reason this is the mark of the beast is because in order for them to take the chip, they have to break skin just like having sex. They have to break the skin. It causes you to bleed, okay? And then the chip is inserted, and then you become one with the beast. 
you have married the beast. You have cheated with the great whore because you chose to be a part of the system and you married the, the system, you married the beast. And so there is no returning back. There is no return to Jesus. Uh, this false Jesus is not the true Jesus. The true Jesus uh, causes a life of separation unto God, a life of holiness, purity, and consecration, and does not blend in. It does not uh, sell out. It does not compromise. It, Jesus is not like that. Um, no. Uh, you are the Lord's, and he's very jealous for you. Just remember that, bride, okay? You are the Lord's. All right, bride, well, I hope I've helped you. Uh, the main point of all this is, it doesn't matter if you believe he's pre-trib, mid-trib, or post-trib, as long as you know he is and that there is a tribulation coming. Because you know what, bride, I tell people, I'm harvest-trib. Why do I say that? Because, Lord, we need the harvest. Whatever we have to go through, bride, Jesus is going to be with us. We don't have to go through the tribulation alone. If God caused us to go all the way to the end, we would be just like the children of Israel. God will feed us in the wilderness. He will take care of us. He will help us to do what we have been called to do, no matter what we had to go through. And so I want to read you something. This is a, another book called New Age Cults and Religions. It's pretty good. It defines uh, different religions and what they believe. So I'm going to show you the difference between New Age and true Christianity. The New Age teaching, number one. God is the creation and creator, the all-in-one. He, she, or it is the divine intelligence and the creative force. This is how they talk. So the true teaching is God is separate from, greater than, and master of his creation. Number two, new age. God and the Holy Spirit are impersonal. A presence, a vibration, an energy force, universal law, universal mind, cosmic consciousness, divine presence, eternal reality, real presence, creative force, cosmic one. Okay, the Bible says, God is personal. Though he's a spirit, he is infinite, is eternal, transcendent, external to man, and worthy of our worship. All right, new age number three. Each human being is endowed with a spark of divinity, an illumined or enlightened person is beyond such moral distinctions as good or bad. Wow, we see a lot of that in the New Age teachings of Jesus, don't we? They never worry about anything good or bad to themselves because they're just, it doesn't exist. So this way it says, the Christ, true Christian, humanity has fallen, born in bondage to sin and in need of redemption. Satan is real and evil exists. Man can become free of the condemnation of sin through Jesus Christ. Number four, New Age teaching. Jesus did not die for the sins of the world. His shedding of blood, though tragic, is irrelevant to man's spiritual needs today. No atonement needed? Christianity is a bloody religion. 
But the truth is this. Jesus died on the cross as a sin sacrifice. Though through his blood we are saved and through his resurrection we are assured of eternal life and victory over death. Alright, here's another New Age teaching. Jesus was a God, a Christ, a perfect master, a man who earned his divinity, a perfected man, a messenger of God, a prophet of God. He was as much God as all of us is. But the truth is, Jesus is, was, and forever shall be God. Almighty, the one true God, and there is no other besides him. Jesus created all things. He, the Father, and the Holy Spirit are eternally one. They cannot be separated ever. There is but one Godhead. Jesus is the only Christ. All right, number six of the New Age teaching. Man must take responsibility for his problems and forgive himself. There is no one outside of man to whom we must plead for forgiveness. No one outside of ourselves who can forgive us. Number six. A loving God can forgive our sins and cleanses. He offers man a free gift of salvation. Number seven, new age. Man must endure many life cycles. Reincarnation until his karma is cleansed. Pure spirit is achieved and union with God is attained. Wow. Seven, man has only one physical life on earth. Upon death, man returns to God, the creator who is our judge. Those saved escape condemnation and receive eternal life. Our number eight of the New Age teaching. Through good works and or enlightenment, man can aspire to divinity and union with God. All that is, this is the universal law. Number eight. Man is not saved by law or through good works, nor can man become enlightened through his own efforts. Eternal life in heaven are free gifts given by a loving, personal God to those who accept His grace and are thus born again. That's the true Christianity. Number nine, this is the New Age teaching. Eating meat produces negative karma in a person. Meat is forbidden and the enlightened, superior spiritual being does not eat meat. Wow, that explains something that somebody told me, but I won't say bye. All right, number nine, Bible teaching. God blesses all things. He is created for man to eat, including meat. Number 10 of the New Age teaching. Spirit beings or entities are able to provide spiritual insight and guidance. They are helpers who can show man how to become fully conscious and realize self become divine. No, we don't want any animal spirits. Number two, the true teaching is there is only one mediator between man and God, and that's Jesus. Communication with spirit guides and entities is an occult practice called necromancy. It is an abomination to God, and such spirits are unclean and not of God. Number 11, New Age teaching. The Holy Bible is insufficient as a guide for man. Other Bibles from other religions, ancient religious texts and writings, and fresh new revelations, either from people living today or spirit entities, are equally as valuable and reliable. Well, we see that a lot today, don't we? Number 11, here's the truth. The Bible is authoritative, powerful, and able to guide men in every aspect of life, of his life, producing joy and satisfaction in the reader who knows Christ as Lord. 
Number 12, last one, New Age Teaching. Man is part of and one with the creation. The creation is God. Thus, man is also God. He is co-creator of the universe. Through an evolutionary process, man is awakening and returning to Godhood. I always have a problem with that term, awakening. It just has always, it just don't sit right with me. We're waiting on the great awakening because I know that is a new age term. Uh, awaken, the great awakening. Uh, because, see, what they're doing in the new age end of times is they are saying the same things we are, Brian. They say awaken, but they mean the conscience of man. And they, when they say body of Christ, they mean everybody together is the body, but the Christ is Lucifer. It's not the same. Oh, here we go. This talks about this. It's called the hierarchy and the one world order. It's actually called the Lucas Trust. If you ever do research, it's Lucas Trust. It says the Lucas Trust is also a promoter of the idea that there is a hidden hierarchy that promises to push the world forward into the new age. This hierarchy is known by various names, including the Lords of Compassion, the Society of Illumined Minds, and the Masters of Wisdom. The parallel organization is Lucas Trust, World Goodwill, proposes that these secretive men have been formed into a group of the new group of world servers. The campaign for a one world order is at the forefront of New Age teachings. In her book, Education for a New Age, Alice Bailey insists that the age of nations and countries is about over. In the New Age, she maintains world citizenship should be the goal of the enlightened everywhere and the hallmark of the spiritual man. She states, we need the political synthesis of a world federation with the world brain which we know what that means, the beast, the world brain, the chip that's connected to the world brain. Moreover, she writes, in the coming world state, the individual will subordinate his personality to the good of the whole. You know what that means, Brian? You've got to give up your individual thinking. You have to become one with the universe. You have to become uh, one of the community. Naturally, the Lucas Trust will be backer of all religions, except the one that teaches the exclusivity of Jesus Christ. Thus, Bailey writes, the great theme of the New World Religion will be the recognition of the many divine approaches to God. The platform of the New World Religion will be built by many groups working under the inspiration of the Christ. You heard it right there. Inspiration of the Christ, which I wrote, and to Christ. That is going to be the New Age Messiah. The Savior, which will be Lucifer, will be, is the one that's getting ready to come on the scene. So I'm just encouraging you, bride, study the word for yourself. Discover, are you a pre-trib, mid-trib, post-trib? Either way, there is a tree of coming. So we must be ready as the bride of Christ.
and we must be ready to endure. But you know what, Bride? If we have so much of the world in us, if we have drank the Kool-Aid of all the TV shows and movies, and we have accepted and tolerated all of this worldly vomit, it's going to be really hard to turn the chip down. I'm telling Because we have been so tainted. So right now, the word of the Lord is this. Come out from among them. Come out and be ye separate. That's the word of the hour. So God will take care of you, bride, no matter what happens. So like I said, I'm really a harvest tree of Lord. Whatever time you want to come is up to you. I just want to be there for the harvest. Help me, Lord, to do what you've called me to do in this hour. And so, Bride, I love you, and I pray that y'all have a good evening. I hope you've enjoyed this, Bride. So let me know your comments, okay? God bless you.